This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Today, President Trump is suing Facebook, Twitter, and Google over alleged censorship. We'll get into that. And uh, Governor Cuomo issues an executive order declaring a disaster emergency on the issue of gun violence. We've got a lot to to come up, and it starts all right now. Welcome to the News and Why It Matters. I'm Sarah Gonzalez, today joined by uh, Jason Buttrell, chief researcher of the Glenn Beck program, and of course, the uh, number one person to give me hell at all points in time. So really glad that Jason is back. That's the only reason I come into the studio anymore. He did, I, I could do my work from home, but he, why? He did wear a polo, though, so I can't give him, <laughs> I can't give him too much. Uh, also joined by Eric July, Blaze TV contributor. Uh, so let's, let's talk about President Trump. So President Trump kind of teased that he had a big announcement coming uh, on social media, on the subject of social media. And, of course, he announced it today that he will lead a lawsuit, a class action lawsuit, uh, over alleged censorship. This is against Twitter, Facebook, and Google, and the CEOs of these companies. Um, And he says he's been censored. I'm not sure that you can argue whether or not he's been censored. I think it is very clear, but let me let President Trump tell you in his own words. Here he is from Today Watch. I just want to say that I stand before you this morning to announce a very important and very beautiful, I think, development <laughs> for our freedom and our freedom of speech. And that goes to all Americans <laughs> today in conjunction with the America First Policy Institute. I'm filing as the lead class representative a major class action lawsuit against the big tech giants, including Facebook, Google, and Twitter, as well as their CEOs, Mark Zuckerberg, Sundar Pichai, and (laughs) Jack Dorsey. Three real nice guys. Oh. <laughs> real nice, real nice guys. guys. Three real nice guys. <laughs> he had to do it, of course, had to slide that in there. Uh, Trump said, of course, you know, the social media companies are uh, officially private entities, but in recent years they have ceased to be private with the enactment and their historical use of Section 230, which obviously we've talked about this on the show many times, protects them from liability. Um, and, you know, remember, he is, of course, in Florida where uh, Governor DeSantis just recently made it so that people could sue all of these companies. Uh, Now we see President Trump doing this. And again, it's class action, but he is the lead plaintiff. Uh, I can't wait to hear your thoughts, gentlemen. This is not easy uh, because the circles I run around with are probably very similar to circles you run around with. And so like the far, the hardcore libertarians would say, this is like any kind of government action that you know would lead to regulating big tech 
is absolutely not the way to go. So their, per their perspective is government needs to get all the heck the way out and then let them fend for themselves. I think that's pretty much where I'm at. On the other hand, the the language he's using sounds very familiar to me. So he's talking about, you know, he kept saying, you know, they're, you know, private companies, but, you know, they're, you know, they're also acting, you know, like they're public because the government is, you know, involved with them. When he says that, Clarence Thomas just did a ruling that this was also, I think it was about Twitter, about, you know, Trump um, uh, blocking some Twitter followers. And they did a, I think it went mm -hmm. all the way up to the Supreme Court. But Clarence Thomas kind of laid out the framework to where if you want to regulate them, it was just in a, it was like a footnote in in the you know in the, in the yeah. opinion, but it was uh, you know that these big tech companies could be treated as common carriers, so common carriers like railroads, uh, right. telephone stuff like that, electric companies stuff like that, which is you know they're supposed to give free access to everyone regardless. Now it seemed like he put that in there, so someone like high, someone high profile like President Trump could take that, take their uh, case, and let it go all the way to the Supreme mm -hmm. Court. Because the way he worded that, he's basically in the, inviting it in, saying, "Hey, we'll take it, we'll mm -hmm. take it, we'll discuss it." And th so this has a very strong possibility to make it up, and you could actually see some government regulation off of this. Now, where I'm on the fence at yeah. is. Is that really, if, if we're going based off of principle al alone on conservative principles, is that really what we should be asking for? Specifically at this know. point in time, right, under this administration. Uh, right. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, if we can take advantage of it, so right. can they. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Exactly. Right. Well, that's that's a that's an interesting point. Thanks for dampening everything. <laughs> I, was, I was getting super pumped well, up. Well, and I, and I will. Well, hold on. I will. I, I do want to add to that, too. The the, um, the the case that Thomas was weighing in on was also completely different because when you're talking about someone blocking users, like all you have to do is log out and you can still read that person's tweets, right? Mm -hmm. That's so much different than not allowing him on any of their platforms right. at all. No, it's, it's a good point. And I will say, I want to make the clarification that I do think something need, needs to be done with these, with these right, companies. Right, right, right. It's Either just be, a slippery slope. Right, right. They're abusing what, what they have. Well, I mean, they are a private co uh, company. If they want to be abusive, they can do it. It's just like Jim Crow laws, right? So Jim Crow laws, if these come, if back in the day when those... Uh, businesses wanted to um, you know be idiots and they wanted to segregate their businesses go ahead you know by all means do that and miss out on the thousands and millions of dollars that you could have gotten otherwise mm -hmm. it's the the free market should have taken care of that but the reason it didn't is because government was involved yep. in codifying what they were doing yeah that's basically that's what, what we Jim have Crow now yeah. right that's basically what we have right now because government is protecting these companies to segregate off conservative uh, users or basically anybody they want they don't mm -hmm. want it's basically the same thing mm -hmm. like that's a, that's a better uh, like the left likes to talk about Jim Crow laws and right. they talk about this is actually a better yeah, comparison analogy. to that actually really yeah Eric see look I believe that two things can be true I'm obviously I say this as a guy that's currently suspended on Twitter <laughs> that I'm not fond of obviously how a lot of them handle, let's say, their their business like this in the way that they do. There's an obvious and clear slant when it comes to who they allow on it and who they will not allow um, on the, in terms of being egregious on their platform. That's not a secret. We know that it is no matter how much uh, know that that's what's happening, no matter how much uh, they like to decline that or rather deflect from it. However, Another thing can also be true in that I don't necessarily like the point that he is trying to raise and attempting to basically say because they benefit from a particular law, 
the, this was Shoshana uh, Wiseman of the Austrian Institute was saying that they can now just wave a magic wand and now say that basically you're deemed as public. If that's the route that we want to go, there's a whole host of other things yeah. that in which people benefit from, even with direct uh, government subsidies, not loosely calling it a, a, a government subsidy, direct government subsidies that if that's the slope that we want to be on, there's a whole heap of other things and industries that they can declare as public that we don't want. Now, this is my frustration with the with the Trumps of the world, because they lose sight of that, because I get it. Is it censorship? Yeah. Should it be legal or illegal? That's a completely different conversation. But if you want to make the argument that they are benefiting from, because this is what I will agree with. He said that there are like people that are government actors that are utilizing uh, uh, the Googles of the world in order to basically perpetuate whatever it is that they want to want to do and obviously it benefits them from a governmental standpoint we also know right now i believe twitter is going through a spot with india um right now uh uh in, in this regards i believe it's twitter's one of the big big tech companies where they're on the verge of basically getting banned uh, uh from from use out there but if you want to make the case and this is the case that i have been making a lot of these guys benefit from world government google's of the world have been doing it forever Amazons of the world have been doing it for a very, very, very long time. When you considering they've been hosting on their web services, they weren't even profitable until they started taking government contracts. Why can't we rid the rid the uh, I guess these companies of that? It's not all the time does it appear in a direct government government subsidy. Sometimes though, it's a contract. And I would like to, let's say you talk about them, letting them feed for themselves, getting the government all the way out of the way. That's what we would have to do. But that's not what we have right now. Government, be it through campaigning, be it through, again, people that actually work with the government, ad council, whatever. They're literally paying these big companies to advertise uh, on them. That's I don't know why if we talk about what's illegal and illegal, illegal and illegal. Why is that right? You know what I mean? That they're basically taking money that is obviously for political gain and then they're giving it to these private uh, private institutions. So while I will agree that there's an issue here, I don't agree with the messaging or rather the rhetoric that he's utilizing to say that there is something that is there, that is there's some sort of wrongdoing. I think he's losing sight of what the, where the actual wrongdoing uh, is. But that's a slippery slope if we want to sit up here, and it's not a fallacy either, it's a real thing. If we are going to sit up here and say, with a wave of a magic wand that just because you benefit from a government law, obviously he's referencing uh, uh, Section 230. If you benefit from a government law, you're no longer you're no longer public. Well, there's mm -hmm. virtually every single industry. There's people in every single industry yeah. that are doing that. Are we to deem them public as well? Yeah. Well, and I mean, it is it is curious, too, because and I, you know, you guys know I, I'm a Trump person. Right. But it is frustrating because. Trump was president and we had, you know, we had control of everything and nothing was done. Um, so it just seems to be that there was always a lot of talk, uh, whether it be from the White House or from Congress, uh, whoever. There was just a lot of tough talk about what we might do if the social media companies make us do it. And then nothing ever really came to fruition. And, and your point goes right to the reason why uh I hate government pretty much completely at all yeah. because that's all they do is, yep. you know, they make all these promises, they get into power and you realize, and that's actually, it's kind of why like our government's not perfect, but it's the closest to it. I think that a lot of people can get to and like you wrote, they wrote a sternly worded letter and sent it to the manager <laughs> right? and that's well, it. It's, it. It was built because the founders hated it. Yeah. 
So they built a system because it's almost like they were like kind of joking around with each other. Let's have this group, this group, and this group. Let's have three different branches, but let's all constantly put them at each other's necks. Right. So they never get anything done. They just fight each other the entire yeah. time. That's really all it is. So yeah. every time you get someone, you get another administration in, all these promises are typically they don't deliver on them. You might get an executive order here. You get something uh, you know, lucky or unlucky like Obamacare, mm -hmm. which is an aberration. They're like, that shouldn't even have happened. I don't, Chief yeah. Justice Roberts, Roberts actually thank him <sighs> for that. Um, but yeah, that, that, that's why I think that the solution in my mind is, yes, I believe that this is a monster social media that's out of Absolutely. control. Yeah. But I think, th I think what to do is, you know, and, and the CEOs kind of got together, especially when Dorsey was saying, hey, if you got rid of 230, if the government completely got out, there would be no internet. I'm sorry, you're a gazillionaire. Figure it the heck out. Yeah. Figure it the heck out. You can do it. Certainly I'm so, someone yeah, could. Yes, you're going to get sued. And maybe this Trump suit starts that off. You know, maybe mm -hmm. all the litigation comes out. Because, you know, once this happens, uh, if this does actually go to court, your, uh, the, the judge will, will, will be able to will grant um, access to however many other cases that this has also happened. You ever seen that before? Like, you're like, you get a letter in the mail yes. saying, hey, you yes. know, you got, you know, these earplugs were bad. Yeah. You want to join our lawsuit? Things like that will go out. So we'll start right. getting more and more and more of these cases that will come out. So the more that piles up, the more government pressure to say, hey, we need to get the heck out of here and let them deal with it. Mm -hmm. I think and, and that's be what off. I think the positive that can come from someone as as prominent as Trump, even trying to enter some sort of conflict with them is that maybe people will see at minimum what the actual problem is. Now, whether he brings it to the table in their lawsuit or even if he can I mean, it's do all he that, can do as a private citizen. You know what I mean? Point, right? that, that's a completely different conversation. But at least people are looking at, OK, how does Facebook get their money? How does Google get their money? Why are they answering to, of all people, the WHO? Follow the money, and then you'd be surprised how much we would root out, because in some cases, in a lot of cases, your taxpayer dollars are being utilized to subsidize these people. It's not through direct subsidies, and that's how they get you. It's like, okay, well, it's not technically a direct subsidy. We're just contracting them to do whatever it is that we want them to do. No, it's not a direct subsidy, but you're basically using taxpayer dollar to subsidize or rather fund these institutions. You'd be surprised how much big tech gets from not just the American government, but from governments completely around the world, which is what got them necessarily in, in hot water. And you can argue that they shot themselves in the foot when they did this. So at minimal, I will say that the conflict that's happening right now between Donald Trump and them, there has to be some good that comes from it. And it might not come from the lawsuit itself. Yeah. So as can I just get confirmation, Eric, you were not going to be joining this class action lawsuit. No, even though I say this as a person <laughs> that's suspended from, from Twitter. I know, that's what I'm saying. I, I, I am not getting, so no, I I, I, I'm not getting in <laughs> on that. Okay, all right. Well, darn it. Uh, we've got more to come. First, we want to thank our sponsor, Omega XL. So if you are someone who you just live in constant pain, maybe it's shoulder pain, maybe it's neck pain, uh, maybe you've just reached the age like I have where you just wake up in the morning and you're like, ow, I pulled something from sleeping. Uh, what you may not know is that the underlying cause of all of this pain that you have is likely inflammation. And unless you defeat the inflammation, uh, you're going to keep having the pain and it can also cause permanent damage. Now, Omega XL is backed by 35 years of clinical research and it actually attacks the inflammation that is causing your pain. So it's not going to be like one of those pain relievers that you rub on, you know, the creams that you rub on and it feels awesome for 10 minutes and then you're in pain again. All right. Omega XL neutralizes that inflammation that causes the painful stiff joints 
and muscles. And by the way, it is natural, which I know some of you out there may be snubbing your nose at and saying, if it's natural, it must not work. But uh, it is from the it's a powerful essential fatty acid combination from the waters of New Zealand. And our very own Pat Gray, who is not what you would call a, a, a naturopath, He was in constant pain in his shoulder. He used it the first week. He started feeling vastly better. By the second week, he was way better, 100% better. Uh, So you know what? Sometimes you got to go the natural route, and it works. Let's get you started. Order Omega XL now. Get a second bottle for free at OmegaXL.com slash news. That is OmegaXL.com slash news. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo uh, today announced the issuance of, I'm sorry, yesterday announced the issuance of an executive order declaring a disaster emergency on the matter of gun violence. Uh, Here are a couple of his tweets from yesterday. He said, today I'm issuing an executive order declaring a disaster emergency on gun violence. Gun violence is a public health crisis and we must treat it like one. This declaration will allow us to give this crisis the full attention and resources it deserves. Combating gun violence means getting illegal guns off the streets. Uh, 74% of guns used in crimes in New York State were purchased out of state. The New York police will form a new gun trafficking uh, in what is that inter how do you say that interdiction uh, unit to stop the flood of illegal guns coming into New York from states with weak gun laws. Uh, and it's interesting because I feel like um, if the guns are already illegal, um, I don't know how you're going to like stop that, uh, maybe make new laws. That works every time. To the, then there will be double illegal. <laughs> and then you, you really don't want to mess with something when it's double illegal. So that definitely will solve the problem. But um, so now they, uh, yeah, they've got an executive order. It, it is now an emergency on gun violence. And, of course, the answer is um, more laws, uh, more executive orders. We saw this coming, and I think a lot of people on this network uh, yep. agreed yep. that the situation yep. at the border was a state of emergency. I knew you were going to bring this you up. You knew I was going yes, there, huh? Yes, yes, We all agreed it's an emergency. Mm-hmm. It's a state of emergency. Mm-hmm. Should we declare it that as such? I, no, I was not and in agreement with that. under Trump. Under Trump. Under President Trump um, when that came out. Even up. though I agreed with all of his actions he was doing down there, I did not want to open that Pandora's box mm-hmm. because you knew the left was doing this. They could not wait because they knew the next time they got power, everything was going to be declared a state of emergency. Guns are going to be, are being declared a state of emergency. Cuomo's leading the mm-hmm. way with that. What does that allow him to do? A lot of things. Yeah. Um, I was reading through some of this earlier, but you know, seizing guns that he claimed illegal... I mean, I don't even know, like, uh, because they have the wrong kind of magazine in them or something like that. Like, who the heck knows? I don't. Th- it's probably vague on purpose. Mm-hmm. But they're just going to start going and seizing guns. He's talking about seventy-four percent or whatever it was uh, came across state lines. Again, vague. Yeah. What does that mean? Was it guns that you know go against their assault weapons ban or whatever else? If you live in New York City, any gun is illegal, pretty much. Um, he talked about get, uh, get, uh, getting rid of dangerous people to, from having guns. 
Well, basically in New York, What's that means dangerous? everyone yeah. that they deem as dangerous. Right. Um, political ideology, does that right. mean? What right. does that mean? Like, Well, you are an is, extremist uh, if you believe in conservative values. You know now, how many so. extremist lists I'm probably on? It's probably scary. <laughs> <laughs> Eric even uh, more. He probably puts me to shit. <laughs> like, it's, it's, yeah, th this stuff is getting very, very scary, and it goes beyond that. It goes to, you know, right now, what else is going to be called a state of emergency? And anything that they get, they get frustrated at and stonewalled in in Congress, they're going to declare it's a state of emergency. Our infrastructure is that a state of emergency? Uh, uh, climate change, does it become a state of emergency? It's I, coming. I, okay, I don't disagree with you, but I would just ask, do you not think that the left would have done that anyway? Because I, I don't, I mean, they don't play fair, right? So what what would be, what would stop so, them from doing it anyway? So it's So they've definitely changed strategy and tactics over the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. um, they're, they were very content with rhinos and non-conservatives within the Republican Party slowly pulling the rest of the country towards the left. It was a very gradual thing. Yeah. They didn't want to do it the way they're doing it now. Right. They didn't want to. I really think things started changing under Obama. He made some massive, massive changes to really polarize and you know divide the country. We've gone on that traje trajectory ever since to where now they're never going to agree. McConnell just said the other day on infrastructure, he was like, the days of bipartisanship are yeah. over. They are. Like, there are two different parts of the country right now. You know, you're, you're either the far left or what they consider the far right. The, the people in the center are very hard to find anymore. Mm -hmm. Everyone is pretty much going. And at this point, I think people are just going to either side because they picked a side and they just don't want to lose. Yeah. You know, they might, the people in the center that don't even really exist anymore, they're like, well, screw it. I'm just going over with these guys. There's a lot of people that now are probably very, very pro-Trump people just because they got sick of seeing the man get beat up on for four straight years. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. I, I was not a huge Trump guy, but then at the end, I was like, well, screw it. I'll go, you know, I'll, I'll go to war with the guy because I hate a bully and they're being a bully against him. Yeah. Eric. Yeah, uh, I think more of the COVID stuff is the biggest uh, kind of part of this, which was what I feared. Um, certainly out of this where you had executive actions, not just done by basically by way of the federal government, but by way of the state and local government. And he even references that. He says, uh, this is Cuomo, he says gun violence is a major civil rights issue today. Uh, yes, education, employment, discrimination, which you've heard this being utilized by the rhetoric of basically every politician everywhere that now all of a sudden this is a public health uh, a crisis. He also says gun violence is hitting black and brown communities hardest and it's compounding the damage from uh, uh, COVID. And he also said, basically, we beat COVID, we can beat yeah. this. So that's what they're going to try to do is conflate those two different deals where, OK, you gave us this power and you allowed us to do all of these things because of COVID. But now here's this thing, uh, gun violence, uh, uh, whatever that is. It's not just a violence issue or anything like that. And this is unfortunately why these issues will never get resolved, because they don't want to address it head on. When it comes to something definitely in these communities that are having these issues of gun rights, of gun, not, it's not an issue of gun rights, though that is, isn't a problem, but of violence, this is a cultural issue that is not going to be resolved by government. The only thing the government does is make it harder for people that have no problem following the law to get a get a weapon that's the only thing that you're doing now the people that want to get it illegally are going to do exactly that look no further than but New what York if City. you do it but what if you make it double illegal, double like uh, I double asked. legal i guess it, it, it didn't work the first time so <laughs> i guess you multiply by zero uh multiply <laughs> two by zero i guess you don't get Still the same thing zero, yeah. uh but <laughs> this is uh, like this is a cultural issue and it sucks because everybody skirts around talking about it because we act like it's taboo. You know what I mean? Because what happens is that you have to address then so many aspects of this culture, definitely in these black and brown communities, in which why the violence is the way that it is. 
They'll never admit that. They'll never concede that because that not, not only will force them to look in the mirror, but these race hustlers who help, help them get in office, they would have to realize how ineffective that they have been in trying to combat this, if that's something that they even care about. So what can they do? They'll just go blame the guns, which makes no sense. Like, you just blame, just blame the guns. Like, we have other areas that... Again, more obviously have more people that are owning these weapons because, well, it's not as much government interaction right, with right. them that don't have the level of violence that you guys have there. I mean, definitely say, say this to someone that grew up not just in Dallas, but being in the country as well. Well, it wasn't nothing for everybody to own own a gun. Right. With nobody shooting each other up. It's yeah. almost as if it's a cultural issue. But to your point, when you talk about the the OK, we've now declared this as some crisis. And now we have the power. I would point to more towards COVID. If anything else, that should be they're even calling racism. Racism is a public health uh-huh. crisis, and then they get to build policies based upon that. That, if anything, should scare everyone. But the issue obviously is not going to get solved because they're still skirting around the problem. I also love that. I mean, from Cuomo, it's rich to hear him say, "If you can beat COVID, you you know we be, like, we beat COVID." Yeah. I'm like. You killed a bunch of old people in nursing homes. I don't think you're the one. Yeah, (laughs) I don't think you're the one to be saying you beat COVID, Andrew. Uh, All right, we've got more to come. First, we want to thank our sponsor, Startmail. So uh, data breaches are at an all-time high. I don't know if you guys know this. As hackers become more advanced in their cybersecurity attacks, email poses the highest risk to identity theft, credit card fraud, uh, among a bunch of other life-altering scams. You don't realize it when you're using all of these big-name emails. You think that it is protected, but it's not. And just one data breach could change your whole life. That is why uh, we use Startmail here. Startmail keeps your email private, period. Every email can be encrypted or protected with a password, so big tech cannot read, scan, analyze, or sell your personal information ever. And by the way, once you delete an email, it is gone Forever. All right. Startmail is backed by the world's most robust and uh, most robust privacy laws. And by the way, they use their own servers. So uh, it's not like they're using Amazon servers where they can just be pulled at any time, like what happened with Parler. They have got it locked down. You also get unlimited anonymous alias addresses. So uh, if you need to provide an email to a company, but you want to protect your identity, Startmail can generate a shareable alias email, and those can be deleted at any time as well. You got to start. Start securing your email privacy. Sign up for Startmail today. You will get 50% off of your first year if you go to startmail.com slash Y. That is startmail, S-T-A-R-T, mail.com slash Y for 50% off your first year. The second largest defense contractor in America, Raytheon, is imposing an anti-racism program using critical race theory, uh, arguing that white or straight or Christian men should identify their privilege, uh, participate in reparations, and, of course, obviously decolonize uh, their bookshelves. This is a program called Stronger Together. Uh, And by the way, Chris Rufo, who has been amazing on critical race theory, uh, he is the one who uncovered all of this. He obtained these documents and videos from a whistleblower. So um, let's go through some of these these, uh, pages of the guide. So here is the 
the one of the front pages commitment to diversity and inclusion takes all of us ceo action was founded on a shared belief that diversity equity and inclusion is a societal issue not a competitive one and that collaboration and bold action from the business community especially ceos is vital to driving change at scale uh let's go through some of this so they uh the ceo had all of these employees all of the employees sign this pledge it says, uh, I pledge to check my bias, speak up for others, and show up for all. I will initiate meaningful, complex, and sometimes difficult conversations with my friends and colleagues. I will ask myself, do my actions and words reflect the value of inclusion? I will move outside my comfort zone. I mean, it is all incredible, uh, incredible critical race theory BS. Here's some more. It is a chart what not to say to your black colleagues right now, and instead what to say. So there's one that says... I'm scared to say the wrong thing to you. Well, don't say that. (laughs) Don't say that to your black colleague. Don't say, I hope slash pray things change soon. And also don't say, I can't wait for things to calm down and get back to normal. uh, Because that actually says that your comfort is more important than the message of anti-racism. So check your privilege, okay? Um, And then this is my actual favorite. This here is is from the the guide. It says for white people to find and join a local white space to learn more and talk about conscious and unconscious biases us white folks have. Uh, If there's not one in your area, start one. I feel like uh, in the past, historically, they did that. It didn't go so well. (laughs) I think they had meetings. I think they wore hoods. With the little pointy hats, uh, I don't think I don't think that that ends well. I thought that that was like why we had the whole like MLK civil rights movement. I thought that that was where we were going with that, but apparently not. Uh, we're just back to find and join your local white space. So um, I, I don't, I, Jason. I don't want you to white explain to Eric. <laughs> so I want Eric to, to please go first. Eric, I didn't want you? to because I was scared to what to say. To <laughs> right. Well, right, let me I'm pull like, up. Let's pull oh, up yeah, what not up. to say and what to already. say. Can we pull that up? Okay, Eric. <laughs> Uh, I'm having conversations about racism with my non-black family and friends, even though I'm afraid. <laughs> this, is, to say that uh, to you. Uh, this is unbelievable, but it actually is believable when you consider, obviously, it's the biggest defense contractor of the United States government. A lot of those contracts are going to be um, considering where your government. I mean, it's going yeah, all the way. Yeah, look at what the armies. Like the armies, all the alphabet, all, uh, the, yep. all of them are doing that. Obviously, they're going to tie that money to who can signal the hardest, yep. and then exactly. you'll get the contract. Yep. This isn't exactly. that. That was a, a, a anticipated. Um, definitely considering that Raytheon almost exclusively is funded by way, uh, certainly of the state, and that little pledge there. Obviously, I believe that a lot of people are going to sign it having not even read half of oh, that right. crap in there. I'm like, all right, it's yo, like whatever. the terms and conditions. Yeah, conditions. Like, 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 I'll, 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 I'll accept it. <laughs> no, I probably just sign my life off. Who cares? <laughs> right, I, don't, right. I, don't, I don't even crap uh, <laughs> uh, about that. But just it's just such weird language. You know what I mean? To to, to see to sit up and see that manifest itself. Yes, in these private institutions. But it's not unexpected, scary maybe, but it, it isn't certainly unexpected because, again, the money is tied to uh, the state, so they have to play ball. And that's what, what they're, they're going to do. This is a bizarre subject matter to even converse about. The fact that they're really encouraging people to, uh, see, like it seems, to have these conversations with their colleagues. I know when I was in the, doing just regular private sector uh, jobs, the last thing I was t- trying to talk about my to my colleagues about any damn thing uh, regarding 
racial bias or whatever bull crap. Did that thing say, though, at the, it was the first thing you read. They said white, Christian, and straight. Did it say or, or did it say and? It said or, I believe. Uh, so that let means, me guys. This, let me pull this back out. They do say that the black I'm people, black straight people, black straight men are the white people of black people. So maybe yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. It says arguing that white or straight or Christian. All right, men. yeah. So that's that's not just white folk. That's right. like right, right. A whole I mean, that's large swath of, uh, of people that they that they and that's ultimately what this uh, boils down to anyway. The concept of uh, uh, not just critical race theory, but Marxism uh, certainly in general. Look. This is your taxpayer dollars going to subsidize that crap. So if you want to look any further than why government bad, can, there you go. Can I, Jason, I want to get your thoughts, but let me let me bring up uh, Chris Rufo, tweet number five, because um, this is, I just think is, this is great. It says, uh, Raytheon tells employees to, quote, identify everyone's race during workplace conversations. Like, hey, I'm black. Uh, <laughs> or just, I, just I, I really thought this wait, is what we fought against. When you, when you gather the around the water cooler, like every yeah, time? Yeah, like, like, identify man, I'm, everyone's like, American, race. I'm black, hey, Eric, I'm, I'm white, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> Did you catch the game last night? Yeah. What? The? This is goofy, but it, we're laughing because it is goofy it's America. So it's goofy. It's so stupid. It says, again, with that, it says whites must listen to the experiences of marginalized identities and should give those with such identities the floor in meetings or on calls, even if that means silencing yourself, Jason. It's such I a, will let you talk now. Thank you. It's, it's just, it's such a backward way of thinking. You talk about the disconnect between the two sides in America right now. Like, so our stance, every, I know everyone at the table is, when you talk to someone, you don't see race. Yeah, you see them as an individual first and foremost. That's what right. it is. That is but, the true anti-racism. Yeah, right. Like, I'm, an I'm not defined by this. Right. I'm an individual. Exactly. Right, right. But content of character, right? Yeah. Like, that used to be... We're so far from that. We're so... But that used to be, like, a left-leaning talking point, yeah. right? At some point, it changed, and then now we have to view every single person under what subcategory they are. Yeah. I remember, remember when Biden had that uh, speech the other day where it was, you can't define an American. Yes. And so what he was saying was, you can't, because I, I got I got what his root point was that we're all the same. Right. But that's not what they believe. Yeah. Like, yeah. he was saying that, I don't know why, but just to score points or whatever, but they don't believe that. They want to, like, so I was reading through some of these documents from Raytheon, and this is the same across the board for all companies right now. If you want to get a high ESG score, and that way you get the funding, you mm -hmm. get the uh, you get the um, the financial investment from you know people. Um, if you get a high ESG score, you, they they require a certain part you know a report from you that says how many Indians do you have, how many Asians mm -hmm. do you have, how many mm -hmm. black people do you have, how many white people do you have. They they categorize everyone down the board. I, I don't know why. Like I don't know what they're doing with that information. I don't know if it's eventually like if some of the investors, the people holding, you know, writing the checks go, oh, my gosh, they just dipped below, you know, six Asians. Better get that back up. Like what? Like yeah. it, it makes it. But you were exactly right. This is I don't believe Raytheon believes in the CRT crap. Wow. Not at all. I can, they I, care about making money and blowing crap up. Yeah. That's that's all they care and about. I don't know this for a fact. And that's but the I funny thing. Y'all seen the, the memes, the like the memes with the like Raytheon bombs and all, and all that sort of stuff. And it'll be like. When Trump was president there, so when Biden was president, it's the same damn bomb, but it has like all sort of like LGBT rainbows all over it. That's yeah. basically what we're getting right now. You're doing the same crap, but I guess you're signaling, you know, right. your weapons are being used to, I don't know, 
her brown people across the oh. uh, on the other side oh, of the look, world. Look can at their contracts. They'll, they'll contract in Saudi Arabia yeah. and have no issue whatsoever. Yeah. They won't even mention their CRT stuff and about can, how you know you know equitable they are. Can I just the so the CEO is apparently uh, Gregory Hayes, who is like extremely white and uh, makes thirteen point four million dollars a year. So white guy. I just fighting against himself, I guess. I mean, I I would think that if he really if he really believed in this, he would step down as CEO and give the position to a black person. The folks that lecture the most about they'll never give up their power. The people below them, they'll play musical chairs, do whatever. Give up your money, give up your give up any of that. Would they do that? Mm -hmm. Absolutely not, because everything is about a signal to them because he's not going to take a pay cut, is he? How no, about you give half not. of your, what is it, 13 million? How yeah. did you just get, give half of it to, I don't know, some black executive? Or hire a you black executive You don't need 13 million. That's what the left would say. Yeah. You, don't, you don't need all that money. Oh my give God. half of it. Yeah, Why that's not? What, that's what he won't do, though. No. But then, then, look, man, this is a crazy conversation to have, but ultimately, when it comes to the authoritarian left, this is what they prioritize. It's they want to see, it's funny, it's a very collective way, a collectivist way of viewing the world, but I am an individual, first and foremost. I have no problem with people acknowledging the fact that, yeah, I got a lot of melanin in my skin. That's fine. But I am an individual, first and foremost, and I always say, oh, skin folk ain't kin folk. But that's what, not what they, the way that they see it. It's like, well, you're black, therefore the experience is, is the same. Or you're, or you're white. You're white. Your experience is the same. You're a woman. Your experience is, is, is the same, and we need to work together to do this and that. It's like, no, dude, we're, we're individuals. How about see me like that, first and foremost? Yeah. All right. Uh, we have got more to come, including Joe Biden botching yet another thing, this time in Afghanistan, when we come back. Yeah, so under CRT, so under, so is it just if you were born? The United States apparently left Afghanistan's uh, Bagram airfield after nearly 20 years by shutting off the electricity and slipping away in the night without notifying the base's new Afghan commander, who, by the way, uh, only discovered the Americans' departure more than two hours after they left. This is coming from the Afghan military. Um, Jason, you are, of course, our our military guy here, uh, our in-house military expert. Can you kind of give us the lowdown on this story? Because this seems crazy. Yeah, so a lot of people surrounding the president have said that a lot of the things he's doing now off of based off of Afghanistan or regarding Afghanistan is based off of a quote gut uh, instinct. So a lot of things uh, he's doing. Joe Biden's gut instinct or, some, or whoever's pulling the strings gut instinct. Well, that's a good question. Who's really pulling the? I, yeah, I don't know who's really in charge over there. Raytheon. I do not know. Uh, you're right. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I think the reason they snuck out in the middle of the night was because they didn't want the media fiasco because they knew that they'd get a lot of people in the media coming out there and they'd be putting a big spotlight on the fact that we're abandoning a base, uh, a base that will probably go to the Taliban. Look, I'm going to be conservative with my. But they didn't even there. tell the Afghan military. Yeah, they don't care. They, they, they don't care. They really don't. Um, this is a hard one for me because I have a lot of emotional attachment to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it really sucks to just hand this back over. Uh, to the people that we fought, and mark my words, I'm gonna be, like I said, I'm gonna be conservative. I'll give them at maximum 12 months. It's somewhere between six and 12 months. The Taliban will be back in control of that go- uh, that country. Mm. I- I'm almost convinced that's what's going to happen. They're already doing a massive assault. They're taking more and more territory. It's going to happen. Look, I'm not advocating for us staying there. The war in Afghanistan is now old enough to vote. 
over the, the age to vote That's right sad. now. So it's absolutely insane. We should not be there. Um, we are going to have to deal with the same stuff. The Taliban is is back is going to be back in control, and they are going to do the same crap. They're going to be training terrorists. They're going to be doing all kinds of stuff. What do we do about that? What do we that? do? Yeah, it's, it's it's not our responsibility to patrol that anymore. I think our guy, our boys, need to get out of there. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I agreed with it when Trump said said that we need to do that, and I agreed it when Biden just piggybacked off of what Trump was already going to do, and somehow he's going to take credit for it. But he's also going to take credit for the fallout, which is going to happen in his administration. Question now is what's going to happen? Uh, are the Chinese going to fill the void, which they probably will. They're already signaling they will. Russians are saying they might do something. They're all chomping at the bit right now to try and take advantage and make us look bad on the international stage. Uh, my so, uh, my thing to, to say to them is go for it. Russia, you already did it once. Do it again and fail. China, do it. You want to go ahead? Do it and mm. enter in the same quagmire. No other, no other country is ever going to rule that area. Uh, they're, they're just not. It's never happened since the Mongols and before them. It's never happened. So it's just it's hubris to think that we can go there and somehow enact a different you know uh, ending. It's not going to happen. We need to get out. But the hard truth right now, I guess my wrapping up of all this is we have to come to grips with what's about to happen. It's, I'm not saying we're going to get attacked, but they are going to be doing the same things that they did before. The question is, how are we going to react to it? Are we going to enter into more never-ending wars? Are we going to show more restraint, let other people take care of this? I don't, we're going to have to deal with it somehow, but I'm making a prediction. Six to 12 months, this reality is going to be in our face. Mm, Eric. Look, that's the reality of the situation. You put it correctly. Obviously, my position, I'm a libertarian here. I want them the hell out. I've been wanting them the hell out. I've been calling for them to get the hell out since I was loud enough to tell them to get the hell up out of there because it's a war that they simply cannot win. Um, and obviously, I'm not a big fan of war in general. But you, like you mentioned, is it our job to be playing world police? And this is the unfortunate thing about this conversation when it comes to us occupying or rather the United States government occupying in any way, shape or form the Middle East. It's that we look at what will happen or may happen uh, uh, rather. And, and we look at that as if it's our duty because we're the leader of the free world, our duty to try to save them sometimes from themselves, albeit, but save that or liberate that that area. Now, we don't necessarily see a lot of success in that regards, but considering that region, it's something that we have to face as a reality. And to think that it's be it a lot of you people's uh, upcoming sons and, and daughters that are going to be flown with sons going to be flown over there to have to deal with that. And so unfortunately, some of them lose their lives. I guess we have to decide is 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 that worth the the absolute trade off? And I don't I don't think that, mm. you know, I, I would believe that we'd rather be trying to considering all the issues that we have in our own country, yeah. utilizing those economics uh, to resolve those problems, as opposed to spending billions upon billions. Of, well, we're at trillions now uh, of dollars that we've spent trying to liberate what whatever whoever's over there, uh, certainly in Afghanistan. That's a reality. So, yes, you're, you're right. And I'm glad that you're being up front with. Yes, we need to. I want us to get out. And I agree with you. But, yeah, you're right. It's not going to resolve itself. And there, unfortunately, are a lot of libertarians, even that would agree with to get up out of there. But they are, I think, being oblivious to the idea that, well, that just means that everything, every problem that basically exists in that area is going to go away. Yeah. No, it's not. No, it's not. And that's 
that's a reality that we have to absolutely acknowledge. It's not about whether it's going to be a problem out there. It's more of, is it our job and should we be exhausting resources to tr- considering everything that's going on in our own country? Should we be exhausting those resources to try to deal with the issues that are happening right now in Afghanistan? And it took 21, 20 years, over 20 years for people to come to terms with maybe, no, that's not what we should be doing. Yeah. I, I will Last just, word real quick. I will say just to, yeah, to wrap it up is I think just to circle back to the closing of the airbase in the middle of the night I think is very symbolic for how Biden is going to approach Afghanistan mm-hmm. for the rest of his you know tenure yeah. um, he's he's going to try to hide from these this the fallback um, which I will I guess I could go on all, all, all day oh on this. Oh my but. gosh, I said real quick. I said real quick. I gotta take a break. We'll be back. I saw you give me that look. I, I saw oh it. I was like This is the part where I tell all of you, if you have not yet gone to wherever you get your audio podcast, you got to subscribe, rate, and review the news and why it matters. But what I really want to focus on for just a second is that both of the gentlemen that are here in these chairs are actually on the new podcast cover. Yeah. You guys are both on this. Uh, there's Eric it. at the top. There's nice. Jason down there at the bottom. With my, your face. My With hand, your hand on my, my hand face. is kind of covering you did your that face. On purpose. <laughs> well, we gotta, did that on we purpose. we got to protect the viewers. <laughs> we don't want to scare them away, Jason. We don't want to scare them away. Uh, if you review the show, give us a nice review. You may see yours read on air like the one today from Intermatrix Knot who says, uh, five stars, great and fun to listen to. I can always count on Sarah to have awesome guests and look forward to hearing their input. Thank you for that. Uh, we've got one more from Josmi15. Love this show. They bring an independent, in-depth look at real issues. So thank you guys so much for your reviews. We're loving them. Keep them coming. By the way, don't forget to subscribe to uh, Young Ripa. 5-9 over here. Yeah. Young Ripa 5-9 is his YouTube, so make sure to go look it up. I know people are like, where's Eric July? I can't find him. That's where he is. Go subscribe. Thanks for listening to the news and why it matters. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to watch the program, become a Blaze TV subscriber and start your free trial now at blazetv.com.